question, um, and I, I hesitate saying it that way because it gets, sounds real speaky, spooky. I'm not trying to be, but it came to me, however you want to say this, still a small voice. It came to me and said, Ricky Temple, are you stagnant? And that is our series we're in right now. Repeat it with me, please say stagnant, stagnant. thinking. If you want to protect your future, you have to improve your thinking. And if you're going to improve your thinking, what you, the way you improve your thinking is you make a point, make a big point in your life to not become stagnant. It's very, very easy for a person to not know they've become stagnant, out of date. There's a, a hint of dinosaur on you if you're not careful. My baby, grandbaby told me one day, I was getting up out of a chair, and I said, oh. She said, oh, Grandpa, you sound like a, Pop-Pop, you sound like a dinosaur. <laughs> and she's about three, four years old. I said, really? There's something about not knowing where you are, and you need somebody to tell you, to show you, to help you see yourself. I am convinced that all the politics that's happening right now, all the things that's happening in the world, is designed to do one thing, show us ourselves. I did not know we were like this. I did not know we could be dragged in these directions, tossed to and fro like this. I did not know that the airways could be filled and dominated with these incredible conversations. I don't care where your politics are. This is ridiculous. Come on, say amen with the church. You want to clap your hand on that? Come on, this is ridiculous. This is not the best for us. It's not healthy for our children. It's not adults being good examples for the youth. The way we talk, communicate, resolve conflict, work together, a house divided does not stand. I don't care where your politics are. It's not going to always be your way, my way, or the highway. It's not healthy to live in a crisis state. But in the middle of a crisis, there's a lesson that God teaches you. Now you know. Now you understand why I have boundaries and guidelines and rules. Now you understand why you should eat sugar every day, all day. Now you understand why certain things aren't healthy for you. There's a, there's a lie, a lot of lies. Pornographic lies. That's a lie, biggest lie ever told to you. If you sit there and slurp up that stuff, you're going to be confused in your head, mixed up, defining love by some actress or actor who's getting paid a little bit of money and confused for the rest of their life. Go look up their lives and tell me that I'm not lying to you. Look behind the scenes of the camera and see. One of the benefits of growing up in Los Angeles, born here, went to high school here twice, two years, people get confused. I was not raised here. I was 24 months was I here. And in those 24 months, I went back to L.A., and I'm telling you, I've learned something. Being around Hollywood and going to Hollywood Boulevard all my life and going to all that stuff and knowing a whole bunch of celebrities, I've learned a lesson. It's phony. They're acting. They told you that. This is not real. There are a lot of things that aren't real. I like Disney. My son works there. It's a great place. But it's a park. It's a place where people pretend to be what they're not. 
Do you really believe there's a Wolverine? <laughs> you really believe in Superman? Batman and other people? Somebody wrote that on a piece of paper, made it up. I like it. I watch every episode. Get them. <laughs> you got to see me. I'm terrible. I love it. I used to jump on my mama's bed and almost break it, trying to fly like Superman. <laughs> this is real. Say that with me, please. Come on. This is real. Want to try something better? Say, this is real. You're not even touching yourself. Work with me. Come on. This is real. Want to look in your wallet? That's real. Oh, Jesus. That's real. That's what you got. Today, I take you on a journey through a verse, Philippians 4, 13. I promise you four, verse, four sermons on one verse. The verse says this, I can do all things through him, through Christ who strengthens me. Now, the King James says I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. First sermon is I can. Say that with me, please. Come on. I can. Talked about that last week. I talked about how important it is to say in your life, I can. The question that came to my mind was, Ricky Temple, what do you believe you can do? When's the last time you asked me for anything? If you're not careful, you got, you know, a bunch of folks come to your church, you got this, that, and the other. Before you know it, you're not asking for anything. You're scared of everything. Scared to try anything. Scared to ask you for money. Scared to, scared to mention it. Scared to challenge you to give. Scared to get up and say, come on, people, let's fight forward. Scared to believe. Scared to scare. This is scared cat. Fuck, fuck, fuck. He's a chicken. <laughs> Lost all your faith. Sitting around waiting to die. What's wrong with you? You're older and wiser than you've ever been in your life. I say live. Come on, say amen. Come on, say amen. Come on, say I can. What's wrong with you? Young people should come to church. Why? To die with you? Sit up in here and then listen to you sing your songs and march around in your fancy clothes with your hats on, and your ties on. That's why they don't come, because it's boring. And it's too long. I'm going to be out here in a minute. Watch y'all. I told him we're going home. Count me down 20 minutes. I ain't playing. We're going to be out of here. We ain't playing. You take, don't take all day to say what you need to say. Say it. Every time people ask you to come to church, what's the first thing they ask you? How long will it be? See, everybody heard the same question. Take too long. Don't know where the money is. Don't know where the, you look around here and see the money. I can just look around. You can see the money everywhere. Camera, look at the, the money everywhere. There's something about understanding the power of saying I can. Then this morning, this morning we'll talk about I can do. Come on, say I can do. I can do. I can do. I can do. What are you doing is the question for today. And there are two big words so far. Last week, the word was determination. Can you say determination? determination. People that are determined say I can. People that are determined say, I can. I'm telling you, one of the greatest lessons I've learned in any of my academic pursuits, I can. Page by page, book by book, day by day, get through this. I can get through this bachelor's, this master's, this doctorate, whatever I'm doing, I can get through it. I can. I can. I can. I'm so tempted to believe I can't. But I can. Do. What's your do? What's your do? Not your talk, your do. That takes, second word, dedication. Dedication to a do. 
Dedication to be up here prepared. Dedication to make sure this place is clean for you. Dedicated to you so you don't have to apologize for me in public. Dedication. I can do, he said, all things. That's next week. All things. I'm diversified. I don't just do one thing. I do more than one. Through Christ, because I'm devoted to him. All of this motivated by my devotion. Say the four words. Come on, say determined, Determined. dedicated, Dedicated. diversified, Diversified. devoted. Devoted. All that summarizes the whole series. So let me ask you this question. Who is the most dedicated person you know? Think about that. Men, we asked you that in the men's session this morning. Who is the most dedicated person that you know? Think of a name. Think of a name. I'm going to have you say it out loud in a second. You ready? I'm ready. On the count of three. One, two, three. You didn't say their name loud enough. Say it again. Come on. One, two. Well, ain't you nice? <laughs> you kind. You kind. One, two, three. That's the most dedicated person. Here's a question. Would anybody say your name? Would anybody that knows you say that is the most dedicated person I've ever met in my life? On your job, would they say you are the most dedicated employee they've ever hired? You are show up on time person, get it done person, don't have to ring your number two or three times person. You are dedicated. Would your children say you are dedicated as a father, dedicated as a wife? You know what I believe is true? A lot of times we don't realize how undedicated we are. Watch this. Here's a big question. You ready? Big question. What's the most money you've ever given to anybody outside of your kids and family? Think about it for a second. What's the largest amount of money? I'm not talking about over time. I'm talking about in one gift. Think about it. Think about how powerful it is when somebody walks up to you and gives you a thousand dollars. I had a guy do that one time. He gave me a thousand dollars. He was sitting at the table and he was the pastor. He said, "Hey man, you know, you talking about you talking about something." He said, "You know, I just like your spirit. I just like your spirit, man." He said, "You just have a good spirit." And he said, "You know what?" He looked to his assistant. He said, "Give me one of them gifts." And he reached in his pocket and gave him a thousand dollars. He go. I'm giving it away to people that are dedicated like you. I said, thank you, Jesus. I'm more dedicated too. I can be dedicated. Mom. <laughs> he gave me a thousand dollars. I won't forget that. Dedicated. There are moments in life when your dedication is challenged. Some of you haven't been challenged. Challenged. Somebody ch- I have friends who challenge me. I asked a friend one time, he told me how much money he gave to the church. I couldn't hardly believe he was serious. I said, what? What? I never dreamed to give God that much. I pray for God to give me things all the time. I ask him him for all kinds of stuff. You know what I'm saying? I expect God to come to my rescue, but I ain't coming to God's rescue. I'm not going to help anybody else. You can watch all those children programs, Hungry hungry Children. Oh, that's so sad. What have you done? You have not given $12 a month. You have never pledged once. You've seen hundreds of those programs. And you said, because their kids are in a bad shape. Teenagers are a horrific situation. You wouldn't let one spend the night in your house. But you dedicated you say, dedication. I watched my wife going on to that STAR program, and, 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 and I thought, what are we doing? What are we doing? 
We're putting up clothes. And the pastor of the church, what am I doing in here? Putting up cans. Dedicated. In a way that's amazing. My mama went to this school, she said. We grew up down the street from this school. God, God used this school to change my whole family dynamic. God's hand moves when people are dedicated. Here's what I believe is true. You're not dedicated enough. You're on your tippy toes. You pretend, but you are not dedicated. You're not totally committed. I, had, I showed something last weekend. I, had a, I remember I had this, this house that was all tore up. I, had, uh, I don't know if we still got that, that image back there, Brian. Well, all those, all those houses was a mess. It was a mess. And I showed you all that big mess behind you. I said, that's how some of you live. When I did that, I heard testimonies the next week, all week long. I went home and cleaned up, Pastor. <laughs> that's what I heard. I heard testimony. I heard. I said, ooh, Jesus. Uh, that reminds me of my house. Father, help me. It stirred up people. Then I showed the clean version. I showed you what happened when you clean up your life. And I said, oh, there you go. Bam. But to have that kind of house, you got to be dedicated. You can't drop them pants on the floor. You got to put the pillar back. Everybody said dedicated. dedicated. Are you a dedicated person? I say, okay, I'm not going to say no. But I'm going to say it's easy to not be. Philippians 4 is a verse I read last week to you. I didn't elaborate. I should have. But here's what I want to read to you again. Philippians 4.10. And this is the context of the verse, the main verse, right? Here's what it says. I'm not saying this because I'm in need, Paul said, for I've learned to be content whatever the, the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to, to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all things. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, who gives me strength. This is a powerful verse because what it is, it's, it, it's what, what I call it, the, the, the collision between contentment and stagnation. And I didn't elaborate in the service on that, but let me just say a word about those two things. Sometimes in life, you are content. And Paul says, I've learned to be content when I don't have everything I want. I'm not speaking against that. I think that's a healthy attitude. But there's a problem when you allow contentment to make you stagnant. So let me answer two questions I should have answered last week, but let me say them for you now. What should, when should I be content? When should I just say, okay, I, that's enough. I've made enough money. I've done enough whatever. I, I, I should be content. When it's obvious, when it's obvious it's not my season to have more. Say that with me, please. Come on. When it's obvious, it's not my There are times when this is it. I, I'm at a place where $40,000 is my income today. Whatever number you pick, you've got to learn how to say, I'm at that number today. And I need to embrace that. But here's what the Bible says, my God will supply all my needs. And once he supplied those needs, I need to learn how to be content. When should I refuse to be stagnant? When should I want to move beyond where I am? When it's obvious I need more to accomplish my goals. Say that please, please come on. When it's obvious I need more to accomplish my goals. If overcoming my faith is done, 
then let's be content. If we're finished reaching people, finished making a difference, then fine. Let's just, just camp and wait to die. Decide where you are. Sometimes in life I've seen there are seasons when I need to say, okay, that's enough. And then there are seasons when I need to push forward because I'm being stagnant. There is a collision between the two. But learning to manage that. There are seasons, and Paul said, I've learned to be content. I've learned to have a lot. I've learned to have a little. And let me tell you, you have to learn how to do both. You'd be surprised how abundance can hurt you emotionally. You feel guilty. Somebody walks up to you and says, hey, can you give me $100? And you got $5,000, and you say, oh, you, you, I can't lie. Because <laughs> the way they frame it, do you, do you have $100? I'll say, that's the wrong question. <laughs> what I have is not the question you should ever ask me. The question is, why do you need $100? And is it my responsibility to give it to you? Wrong question. Wrong approach. I'll pay you back. That's not the answer. That's not what we're talking about. Am I responsible? Now, I may do it. I'm a generous person, but I've learned something. I've learned I've never made friends with money. I've never made friends with money. You make people dependent. You can also make people think they, when you, when you, when you win something, somebody came to me one time, told me they had $600,000. Somebody gave them that $600,000. And they asked me, what do I think they should do with it? First thought was, share with the brother. <laughs> uh, now, me, I'm going to be honest. That's the first thing that came to my mind. I didn't say it. I never told him that. But first, he asked me that kind of question. Share. Sharing is caring. <laughs> Man. I want to show you a guy who was incredible at this whole thing, and I want to close with him. His name is Caleb, Joshua chapter 14, verse 6. And Joshua is this guy who had this incredible doing thing about him. He was always a doer, and he's 85 years old. That's what's impressive. He's 85 years old. As I've gotten older, I'm shocked at how, how common it is for us to think our life is over. It really is. Um, Retirement for some people is the worst thing that ever happened to them because they really just need to go get in the casket and wait. Because that's their attitude. You really, you might as well go get you a casket and just sit up in it and say, any minute now, it's going to be over. Because that's exactly how society communicates to you. Chapter, chapter 14 of Joshua, verse 6. Now, the people of Judah approached Joshua Gilgal and, and Caleb, say Caleb. Caleb. Uh, Caleb, the son of Jephna, uh, the Kizanite, said to him, You know what the Lord said to Moses, the man of God, at Kadesh, Barnea, about you and me? Oh, boy. Now, I love this because this is this incredible moment where Caleb stands up and he's this guy who's incredible, incredible guy. Verse 7. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me to, from Kadesh Barnea to explore the land. And I brought him back a, 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 a report recording to my convictions. But my fellow Israelites who went up with me made the hearts of the people melt in fear. I, I for, however, followed the Lord, my God, wholeheartedly. I didn't follow the crowd, verse 9. And so on the day, that day, Moses swore to me, the land on which you, your feet have walked will be your inheritance and that of your children's forever because you have followed because you have followed 
Because you have. Because you have. No, because you went to church. Because you sang in the choir. Because you danced. Because you got a great voice. Because you can play an instrument. Because you have what? Followed. The Lord your God half-heartedly. How? Wholeheartedly. So on that day, Moses said to me, the land on which you have walked will be yours. That's what he said. Now, then, just as the Lord promised, he has kept me alive 45 years. I was 40 when we started this conversation. 45 years now have gone by since the time he said this to Moses. While Israel moved about in the wilderness. So here I am today. How old is he? 85. Come on, say 85. 85. 85 years old. Sitting in the casket. No. I'm still as strong today as the day Moses sent me out. I'm just as vigorous to go out to battle now as I was then. Now give me this hill country that the Lord promised me this day. Give me this mountain. Give me this. I want to challenge. He's the guy you saw there in the battlefield. 85 years old, swinging a sword. And I'm sure the enemy said, oh, look at the old man. So, uh-huh, come over here, get some of this. Come on, get some of this. <laughs> Ain't nothing like being a bad old man. Boy, I mean strong as he was, karate kicking, flying, sidekicks. Pow, take that, young people. Tell me I'm dead. I'm not dead yet. Come on, say amen, somebody. Clap your hands. Come on. Come on. I'm not dead yet. Joshua gave him, bless Caleb, verse 13. Gave him Hebron. Take it, boy. If you want it, you can have it. One more time. If you want it, you can have it. Say it again. Come on. Say it again. Say, I can have it if I take it. But if you won't take it, if you sit there and die, because you won't do anything, you already can't walk, and people trying to get you to walk, and you're like, I can't. Just go ahead and die, then get in the casket. You head to the casket. That's where you're going. You're going to the casket. If you don't try to walk, you don't try to exercise, you don't try to do anything, you don't try to eat right, you don't try, you are headed to the casket. You are headed to the casket. I'm trying to tell you right now. And you're going to go and you're going to say, oh, Jesus, why am I here? You don't know why? We're going to play you on the comedy channel in heaven. Bam, there you go. Comedy channel. Tell the angels again why you're here. You're here because you wouldn't listen. You're here because you wouldn't try. You're here because you wouldn't, wouldn't fight back. You got to get up and fight. Nobody's going to give you victory. You got to go and take victory. Come on, church. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? I am convinced he's able. I am convinced God is willing. I am convinced God is waiting on me. And I'm convinced that if I start today, my victory can start today. If you've heard me today, stand up on your feet. I told you we're getting out of here. Y'all ain't staying all day. Come on. Don't take all day to say what you want to say. God, we've heard you today. We can do. We can do. We can do. Caleb was tough, tenacious, ambitious, 
and God rewarded him for it. Help me be tough, tenacious, help me have ambition, drive, fire, and humility. Help me be hungry, smart, attentive. Raise up a giving spirit in my heart. Raise up a heart of passion for others. Raise up a part that concern about those who are unjustly treated. Father, I pray in Jesus' name that we would be a mighty voice for you, a hand of God in the world, a hand of God that heals, a hand of God that delivers. In the name of Jesus. If you could step into my world, Every day I'm talking to somebody that's dying every week. Every week. Every week. Every week I'm sending a friend a note every week. Sometimes several days a week. You can step into my world. Go to bedsides I don't want to go to. Watch people suffer what I don't want to see them suffer. I stand with, with, with people. At the end of a life journey, in my world, they call me when it's a crisis. You want to go? No. I cry on the way there sometimes and cry on the way home, but I know that's my calling to embrace the hurting. Nurses, you know what I'm talking about. You know it, you feel it. Been there many times. I want to be the hands and arms of Jesus wrapping itself around a hurting world. So God, I ask you as we leave here today, let us leave with that passion. Let us leave with that clarity of thought. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If your walk with God has not been where it needs to be, you know, Pastor, what you said today spoke to me. I need you to help me. I need you to help me. Pray with me today before we leave. My walk with God needs to be, if you're watching online, wherever you are right now, raise your hand, raise your heart. Let me see, who am I praying for? Your walk with God needs a, needs a tune-up. Let me see, let me see. Maybe you never gave your life to Christ, but today is the day. Father, I pray for those who raised their hands. May this be that moment they surrender their lives to Jesus. May they never be the same. May they leave out of here saying, I am going to trust you and do what you call me to do. I'm going to invite you into my life because I believe I can do all things through Christ. In Jesus' name. And everybody say amen. Did you enjoy today? Come on, did you enjoy today?